Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. And uh, we're going to go ahead and get into this series, this three-ring circus series. And the, the concept here um, that we're running with is that, that life can get as crazy as a three-ring circus. In fact, uh, this morning, I had, had uh, one of our sweet church folks tell me, said, I saw a three-ring circus. He's like, well, you're just going to talk about my life. And I'm like, yep, that is exactly what we're talking about because it can just get as wild and as crazy and chaotic as a three-ring circus. And it's something, you know, it's supposed to be enjoyable, but so many times when the chaos comes in, all the joy get sucked out and God wants us to thrive and not just survive and so many times we can just kind of shift into survive mode and so over the next seven weeks we're going to look at how to handle the, the pressures the stresses all of the different issues of dealing with this three ring circus we find ourselves in all the time and our launch passage of scripture We're going to look at is John chapter 10, verse 10. It says, The thief comes only, comes not except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus is saying, I've come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. They may be able to have life, but just have it on a massive, incredible level. And so when there's this tension, there's this tension between the the life that we feel like we're wired to live and called to live and God has for us in Christ, and then there's this this place to where we we find ourselves where it's it's not matching up. Things are just out of control, and then we tend to try to to grasp at things. We try to make things work in and of ourselves, and so many times our best intentions end up with some of the worst results as we're trying to kind of go it on our own, as we're trying to just do this in our own strength. Um, my, uh, my years and years ago, um, I had grown up and I'd had one little, one hairstyle. And so my hair is just bored straight. And so it either did the thing I did for a long time and it just sticks up right here or I had to grow it out and now that's why it's slicked back because I have to get some weight on it or it's just a puff ball on my head. And so and, and my, my, my hair is just straight, straight, straight. So I got into uh, the sixth grade and my, my little uh, kindergarten haircut was not working for me anymore, wasn't working for my mom anymore, it's time to kind of change things, and so I decided to, 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 to do something, kind of make my hair do something different. So um, I was in the middle of a, of a game, I don't even think they play anymore, called speedball, it was this this soccer that you could use your hands in, and so I was in the middle of speedball practice, and all of a sudden my coach waves me over to the side, and, and my mom is sitting over at the curb, and, and so they said, your, your mom needs you, and so I go over, and she, I get out of speedball practice, and so I'm thinking maybe I've got to go to a doctor's appointment or something, something serious, and so, and, and when, if you know my mom, when she gets an idea in her head, it's just like, that's it. She's like fixated. It's like, this is going to happen, and so, um, so she gets me out of speedball practice, and I'm like, okay, what's going on? And she's like, 
we're going to change your hair. Uh, all right, okay. So then we get home, and she's gone to the place to, to, where you get the beauty supplies, and she has decided that what my hair need, my hair is so stiff, it needs to, it needs to kind of be broken a little bit. It just needs to, to, kind of be, to kind of be broken. And so what she decided is that she was going to give me um, a perm. And Shoba wasn't going to be like this, like a little kinky poodle perm. It was just going to be like these, this perm that just like made my hair relax a little bit. So she got the, the biggest uh, rods you could get. They look like, like almost like PVC or something. They're, they're pretty good size rods. And so she gets these rods and she sticks them. And then all I needed was just the top of my head to relax because we just need to do something with the top. Well, back in the, in the early 80s, I don't know why we did it, but the permed mullet was a thing. And anybody remember the perm just on the back of the head? And so don't admit it if you had one of those. And so, um, but there was just the perm on the back of the head and the, the hair parted down the middle and brushed it all the time. And so, so there was the partial perms, but it was just on the back of the head. And my mom stuck one on the top of my head and nothing else. And so she's like, okay, well, she read the instructions, and it's like, okay, we are, you're, to leave it on here for, for so many minutes, she's like, we're going to leave it on for half the time, I just need it to relax a little bit. So she does the perm, sticks it on my, on my head, I've got everything else is just straight, I've got the top of my head in this thing, man, the perm is just burning my eyes, it's like, the chemicals are horrible, and so she times it, pulls the rods out, and we knew something was wrong when it went bing. And those curls just like stayed. And so she got it done. And, right, and instead of just this relaxed thing on the top of my head, I had like these hard curls like on the top of my, on, just on the top of my head. And they would not do it. They're just these, these hard ringlets on the top of my head. And everything else was straight. And so, and then she was desperately trying, and she carries me to, to her hairdresser, and the lady's like, I don't know, let's get the clippers, you know, they're going to have to shave this boy. And I'm like, no, I need hair, I am not, I need some hair, you're not giving me a burr, I should have got the burr, I should have just gone slick, and just Michael Jordan did, and just called it cool in the fifth grade, and, uh, and so, but, so she goes to do this, and tries to uh, tries to get it right. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. It just doesn't work right. It just doesn't. And so I've got just straight here, right here, and the curls on the top of my hair. She's getting the curling iron. I've I've actually one of the few men that have had a curling iron burn on my forehead. <laughs> it is true. I have felt that pain. And so I had the curling iron thing. And so she's seeing this is not working. This is not working at all. And so she feels so bad that she's like, we're, we're going to buy you some new clothes. So she's like doubling down. It's like, I didn't fix it here, so let's fix it over here. So we go over to the, go over to the store, and, and uh, Miami Vice was the thing. Don Johnson with the, the linen jacket and the, um, and the, the colored T-shirt and the pants, and Don Johnson was the thing. So my mom's like, okay, we're going to get you some Don Johnson clothes. I'm in the fifth grade. I'm not Don Johnson. And uh, 
And so, but I, I was excited about it. I was like, all right, let's, let's get this. And we didn't find the t-shirt, so we got a nice, like, floral Hawaiian shirt I could have used in the last series. And um, so we get all that and um, do my hair, and then it's now it's time for me to make my debut at school. And so, but here's what's that, it's what I, I, I did not look like Don Johnson. Um, I did not look like Don Johnson at all. I look like a 12-year-old uh, with a bad toupee on my head. And this loud clothes, instead of Don Johnson, your old school people remember Herb from WKRP in Cincinnati? I look like Herb from WKRP. You young people, Google it. You'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. And so, uh, but it was just, we're trying to fix something and have best intentions. And it didn't work. And then try to fix something else and have best intentions over here. And it didn't work. And your things just got get worse and worse. And you want good. And you want good. And you keep trying. And, and you're looking at this and looking at this. And it just seems like everything just gets out of control. And the issue is, is that's what happens when we go on our own. With this three-ring circus, it needs to, the only way it can be mastered the only way we can be able to navigate it is if we've got a real a ringmaster. And so many times we want to be our own ringmaster. We want to be the ones calling the shots. We want to be the ones in the middle in all control. And I think when we get honest that we do a pretty poor job of being our own ringmaster. We look at our lives and go, you know what? This is not where I thought I would be. This is not the way I thought things were going to go. My plans did not carry me to the place that I thought that they were going to go. And if we hear the truth that Jesus wants to give us life and life more abundantly. When we look at our own lives, we're like, it doesn't line up with that. And so here is the truth. We need to let Jesus genuinely, truly be Lord in our lives. Paul speaks to the Philippian church and he tells them, he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Then God's peace will begin to to guard, but we've got to approach him. We've got to include him to be able to get his peace in our lives. See, the truth is that having the right ringmaster is the key to freedom. Having the right ringmaster is the key to freedom. Letting Jesus be Lord, it's, it's actually the most liberating thing that we can do. The concept of lordship is very intimidating to us. We don't, we're not out there looking for a Lord. We're not out there hoping that we run into a Lord. There's nobody around Googled Lord, good lords near me. I need a good Lord. Where can I find a good Lord? Nor, nobody's looking for one. Nobody's looking for somebody to be in charge of their lives. But what the scriptures tell us is that until we let Jesus genuinely be Lord, we're not going to be able to live the life God has called us to live. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. It says, Now the Lord is the Spirit. The Lord. This means he's the one in control. He's the one who's leading, guiding, and directing. He's the one who's calling the shots. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is. We all want the freedom. We all want it. We all want the freedom. But we don't always want to let Jesus be Lord. And you can't have 
the freedom without letting him be Lord. We will try to find it on our own. We will look for it in every single place and we will end up trying to fabricate our own freedom and we're going to end up dressed up in the wrong clothes with the wrong haircut at the wrong place and going, man, how on earth did I get here? How did I get here? And it's because we have to embrace Jesus as Lord. It says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplating the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. The transformation we're all desiring in our lives only comes when we let Jesus be Lord. That's the only time, that's the only time it comes is when we let him be the one who's going to lead and guide and direct us. But everything has given us this bad concept and bad taste of lordship. We look at pop culture. There's nothing good that is connected with a lord in pop culture. You just grab different lord references in pop culture. The one we all know is Lord Vader. He's there to dominate and take over and he's scary. He talks like this. And he freaks us out. And we don't want that Lord. You go to the Lord of the Rings, that series with Lord Sauron. Man, he's this big creepy eye in the sky. And maybe you don't want anything to do with that Lord. You go to the Lego movie and you've got Lord Business. And all of the lords in pop culture, all the lords in the movies, none of the lords are trying to do anything good for you. None of the lords are trying to be a blessing to you. All the lords are trying to dominate. And the enemy wants to come and connect this idea of this lord with something negative and oppressive and sucking all of the joy out of your life. When that, there couldn't be anything further from the truth when we have Jesus as Lord. We have Jesus as Lord. There's that is where real, true, genuine freedom is found. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. It's not Jesus is Savior, not Jesus is the Son of God, not Jesus really existed and really died on the cross. It's if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. We do that because all of those other things are true. That he is Savior and he existed and he died on the cross and he rose again. He did all of those things and now he is Savior and I can place him as Lord in my life. It says that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. See, the truth is, is that every time you say, yes, Lord, you are stepping into freedom. Every time when the Holy Spirit is, is working in your heart. Remember, we talked about last week that the Holy Spirit will deal with different issues at different times. We've got so much that doesn't line up with the nature of who God is, he can't deal with it all at once. So he doesn't bring it up to you all at once. You are blissfully unaware, wonderfully unaware of things that don't quite line up with the nature of God. And he ain't talking to you about them. He'll get to those. But there is something, if you have 
any kind of energy put into your relationship with God. There's something the Holy Spirit is talking to you about. They're saying, hey, we, we need to work on this. Let me be Lord in this area. You're still trying to be in the driver's seat on this front, and you're going to wreck us all. And, and you need to be able to, to trust him on those fronts. And you, we let him be Lord. So many times, it's for a long time, I would hear this phrase from pulpit after pulpit after pulpit, that Jesus is Lord of all or he's not at all. That's a real cute bumper sticker. I just don't know anybody who's living that. I don't know anybody. I know people who want him to be Lord of all. I want him to be Lord of all. But there are places I'm still growing as his child. I am. And so this place where we grow in letting him be Lord moment by moment, step by step, disciple decision by disciple decision. And we have to let him do it. But every time we have that place where the Holy Spirit is saying, trust me on this. Every time we say, yes, Lord, we're stepping into a new place of freedom. We're stepping into a a new place of of true, real, genuine life. And we cannot have it without saying, yes, Lord. And we have to be willing to to really embrace it. Um, There was about a year and a half ago or so, uh, we were at... um, we had gone to lunch, and uh, Nat Turney and uh, Cutie and I and Colin were having lunch at uh, Chick-fil-A. So we're having lunch at Chick-fil-A, and we're, they're having the waffle fries. And for whatever reason, it was in that moment uh, that Colin kind of tears open this, this waffle fry and is looking on, on at the waffle fry, and she's like, what are, what are fries, waffle fries made of? And so I'm still getting a refill or something, and Colin is sitting there with Nat, and he tells her, he says, it's a potato. And she's like, no, it's not. It's not a potato. He's like, yes, it's, it's, it's a potato. And they're arguing back and forth, back and forth about it, whether or not it's a potato. And so I come back and sit down, and Colin looks at me, and she says, Dad, are waffle fries, are they made of potatoes? I said, yes, sweetheart, they're made of potatoes. She just kind of breathes, and she looks at Nat, and she says, I unstand corrected. <laughs> and so many times if we use that as a, as a joke in our house, when somebody proves us wrong, but we're still not going to be okay with it, like, I get what you're saying, but I'm just still not going to back down. And we say, I unstand corrected. And so, so, so many times, there's this place where we will we'll hit our heads on something and realize our way isn't working. Whether it's through study or, through, or just through trial and error, we realize that we, we've hit a wall and, and we're not handling this right. And so many times, we can come to God and, and try to get some input from Him but not really let Him be Lord. There are places where we're like, Okay, God, I, I understand corrected. Um, I, I need some a little guidance over here, but I'm still going to want in control over here. Just give me a little input, and I'll get myself back on the right track. No, to be able to really let him be Lord in our lives, we have to let him correct us. We have to let him direct us. We have to let him lead and guide our lives. 
Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first for the Jew and then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. It is a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as is written, the just will live by faith. We don't just hear who Jesus is, believe it, and then all of a sudden we have our moment of faith. No, we live by faith, which means we're trusting him with every part of our lives, with every decision we make, with every step we take. We're trusting God. We're trusting him, and that is where real life is lived. The just, we're already right with God, live by faith. We're not living by faith so that we can get justified. No, it's already done. We're already heaven ready. But now we live by faith. We live by trusting him, by choosing his way instead of our own way. I love the way the message translation puts verse 17. And if you join us in the second service um, in a couple of weeks in our newcomers class, we talk about this a lot and just tear it all apart. And so Romans 1.17 says, God's way of putting people right shows up in acts of faith, confirming what Scripture has said all along. The person in right standing before God by trusting Him really lives. When we trust God, that's when we're really living. When we're trying to just force our way through it and be our own Lord, man, that's when life begins to just dip and decline and go down. But if we will trust him when we're trusting him, that's when real life really happens. See, letting Jesus be Lord means letting him lead and guide and direct you. Trying to, to navigate your own three-ring circus, will it'll wear you out. It'll just flat wear you out. And Jesus spoke in Matthew 11. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, it's not to be unyoked. and To be frolicking in a field all by yourself. No, it's this yoke says, you know, you're still connected. You're still able. That ox that's in the yoke is being able to be led and guided and directed. But he says, my yoke is easy. It's not wearing on you. It's not difficult. It's not hard. My burden is light. I'm not going to weigh this down to where you can barely make it. But there is a place where you embrace his yoke, his teaching, his direction, his leadership. But his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And I think we find when we go go our own way and we're under our own yoke, it's not easy and it certainly isn't light. He goes on to say, um, the message translation. Again, I love the way it puts this. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Religion says, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. In a little bit, we're going to have an opportunity to make a decision. And the decision is not going to be to try harder. The decision is not going to see, God, give me a second chance. And I want to show you I can do it this time. That is not the decision. That's the stuff that will wear you out and burn you out. That is the, the, just the hamster wheel of religion. And it gets you 
nowhere. He says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I'll do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That is what the Lordship of Christ is all about. See, Jesus is a good Lord and he's, he's here. He isn't here to dominate. He's here to liberate. He's not here to lay something on you. He's here to take something off of you. That is what this is all about. And when we begin to understand that, it is so much easier to embrace him being Lord in our lives. Matthew 20, verse 25 says, Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus didn't show up to say, come on now, everybody, you better do what I say. I'm the son of God. He said, no, he came here to serve. That is why we can let him be Lord. Because he's not trying to get something from us. He's trying to get something to us. That's why we can trust him to be Lord. That is why we can put him in that spot. Here's our bottom line today, that a good Lord brings good life. That is the only time we really get the abundant life that God has has promised us in Christ is when we let him be Lord. See, the truth is Jesus came to bring us life and life more abundantly. But that abundant life is only found in letting him be Lord. That's it. You let him be Lord. And you do that by saying, yes, Lord, When the Holy Spirit begins to lead you in a new direction. That's how it happens. He begins to lead you in a new direction. Begins to lead you to do something you wouldn't do on your own. Be a little more patient. A little more kind. Step out. Be a little bold over here. And it's yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And we're stepping into freedom after freedom after freedom. But that all begins by recognizing who he is. That he's Savior and he's the one who has has dealt with sin and shame forever. That it has been destroyed and, and the penalties of it is handled and, and he has made it where we can be, we're heaven ready right now because of what he's done. That God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and today we implore you to be reconciled to God. Receive the reconciliation. So I wanted to create a quiet moment right here and now and if you've, if you've been on the outside on this deal and you've thought that religion was just this tiring thing and today you see it's about a relationship and and letting him lead and guide. And you're ready to say yes to that. Then I want you to just lift your hand. And we want to pray with you this morning. If you're ready to say yes to Jesus as Lord. Yes. Awesome. 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 Praise God. Yes. Yes. Believers, I want you to lift your voice with these that have lifted their hands. And we're going to pray together. I want to loan you some words. Say, Heavenly Father. I thank you for loving me. I thank you for loving me so much. That you sent Jesus. That Jesus' death covers my death. And Jesus' life gives me life. I believe that today. 
and I choose to let you be Lord. I give you permission to change me from the inside out. Today I'm your child, and you're my father, and heaven's my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.